Hello, welcome to the Tuesday, April 7th, 2020 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. BGP Mon reported that this weekend, uh, Sunday around noon, a large number of prefixes, they counted about 8,000 different prefixes, were all of a sudden being rerouted through Roscom, a Russian ISP who has had a pretty rich history in these kind of uh, fraudulent or mistaken BGP announcements. The problem is always with this BGP hijacking. It's never really clear whether that's intentional in that someone is trying to reroute traffic to intercept it or whether it's just a mistake. But uh, Roscom and China Telecom happen to be the two ISPs that do the most of it. Where we have seen it sometimes happen sort of semi-maliciously is where certain countries do require ISPs to block access to certain networks. And of course, Russia, China are right up there on the list. And sometimes in establishing these blocks, they are making mistakes where they are actually affecting many other networks should be noted that one of the affected networks was Facebook but aside of that there were multiple others of large cloud providers and such that were affected well-implemented TLS, of course, should protect you from any rerouting like this. And for most practical purposes, you shouldn't really rely on any particular route across the internet. Now, one recent trend in software development is often referred to as shifting left. And what this means is that we're trying to take care of security issues and functional issues for that matter as well as early in the development life cycles as possible. And yes, this starts with the inception of the product, but of course also affects development of software. We're trying to point out mistakes to developers as they're typing the code. And there is a new free tool available by SNCC. SNCC developed what they're calling Wollencost. Uh, it's a security scanner that actually integrates in Visual Studio Code, a very popular editor. Currently only works for JavaScript, so Node.js and NPM. And whenever you are requiring a particular library, it will automatically point out if this library has any vulnerabilities that are known. Of course, in particular, NPM sort of has this reputation that there are all these thousands and if not millions of libraries out there that developers blindly include in their code without really being aware of all the known vulnerabilities in these libraries. And this tool looks like a fairly painless and easy way to take care of some of these problems. And just a little bit less than two months ago, Microsoft with its February patch Tuesday released a patch for Microsoft Exchange. Now, uh, this particular vulnerability has really not gotten as much press as it probably should have gotten. But what it allows for is that an attacker who has credentials for any user on your exchange server is able to actually obtain system privileges on the exchange 
Exchange server. So first of all, the reason this really, I think, has been a little bit neglected is because it has this disclaimer that the attacker needs valid credentials. But any credentials will do for one of your users. So all it takes is one user reusing credentials or one user falling for phishing. So the bar isn't really all that high to get these credentials. And of course, with these credentials, the attacker will be able to get full system access. Well, uh, Rapid7 did an internet-wide scan just last week to figure out how well this vulnerability is being patched. And what they found is that at least 82.5% of the exchange servers that they found are vulnerable. So definitely check this out and make sure that you are patched. If you are running Outlook Web Access, uh, that's sort of what's necessary to exploit the vulnerability. And then follow uh, Rapid7's advice here in their blog post. And I'll link to it in the show notes. They also have details on how to check for possible compromise because at this point, this vulnerability is out for, like I said, about two months. Proof of concepts and such have been out for a while as well, there's certainly a good chance that your exchange server is already compromised if you are still vulnerable. And yes, in closing, I have to talk about Zoom once more. This time, it's actually not really Zoom's fault, just a matter of it being so popular. Apparently, according to Trend Micro, there are some attackers that are now distributing fake Zoom installers that come with a crypto coin miner. As usual, it may be a good idea to advise your users against installing software from random websites. But uh, with all these updates, of course, uh, that were released uh, for Zoom to fix various security vulnerabilities, it may be one of those cases where users are more likely going to install an update if, for example, a website does display a pop-up advertising a security update for Zoom, just like what we have seen, for example, with Adobe Acrobat and other software. And this is it for today. Thanks again for listening. And as usual, if you like this podcast, please tell your friends about it and leave a good review on whatever podcast platform you're using to download this podcast from. Thanks and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.